McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts from Bosby. Bosby are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, Pompey fans, and welcome to PO4 Cast episode 153. Well, it's a few days away into the start of the season, but where do you think Pompey will end up? During the podcast today is Freddie Webb. How are you, Freddie? Hi, I'm not so bad here. It's nice to have you back from your bedridden state that you were over the past two weeks. My week was all right, just writing about all sorts, ranging from buses getting smashed up to blokes getting stuck in lifts you know that that was that was my week so far before this no no more supermarket stories and that's your speciality no no not a lot of some business stories but no supermarket related ones you know just i I mix it up with my writing hue you know me that's it it's no longer just opening times at supermarkets you can tell about tiktok things and you know sort of like scams at checkouts and all kinds of stuff you're really firing your way up the journalism ladder now Freddie. No, I'm, not, I'm not doing bad enough for myself i'm not doing bad enough for myself front page yesterday because of the bloke getting stuck in the lift but there we are top work joining us well as joff taylor how are you joff you're right mate yeah i'm not doing too bad thanks uh thanks for having me back on uh really enjoyed being on last time um yeah good to be back how are you guys doing yeah well mate you and fred did a great job last week it was cool i, I had a listen whilst i was in bed i managed to catch covid as well as having a tooth ripped out that went horribly wrong so i had my face all swollen up on one side and infected and then at the same time managed to catch covid and let's be honest i'm a snowflake when i'm ill anyway so having that combination of illnesses really just sent me to bed so shout out freddie for doing all the uh, editing work as well i know you sent it over to me at three in the morning yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> it, 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 some of it broke at one point, and I was just sat there at three in the morning before my shift at seven a.m. thinking, "Oh, for God's sake!" <laughs> you fancy doing the editing from now yeah. on every week, mate? Not, not every week. No, uh, I'd have to have Adobe Premiere Pro for that. Audacity's horrendous, but I'm a bit broke, so I can't really afford Premiere Pro on top of everything else. I yeah. still pay for the Wisecart after all. God's sake, I, I don't want to know how much money they've taken off me. You've got the Northern discount, I heard, though, haven't you? You're the only person I know who's able to pay monthly. I tried to sign up for that. I think they've, I think they reverted it back to monthly because nobody paid for it in the new way that they did it. I don't know. <laughs> we'll well, if, I was, if I wasn't scrounging it off you, then you know I'd, I'd do that as well. But let's get into what we're going to do today. So first of all, we're going to talk about some of the incoming transfers that Pompey have had. Following from that, we're going to talk about some of the outgoings, Alex Bass. And then we're going to touch on some of the new additions coming in, some quite exciting breaking news that Pompey potentially going to sign someone tonight. So maybe when we're actually recording the podcast, we're going to have a signing happen at the same time. So Freddie's got his news alerts on. And then we put the question out to you guys and we said, it's time for our predictions. And we're going to go through the predictions of where we think Pompey are going to finish, any sort of dark horses for the league, 
Freddie wants to know who's going to get relegated. And we asked you what you think. We've got a poll out there as well. And hundreds of you got back to us within an hour or so. So that's appreciated. If you haven't voted on it, and you're listening to this, it's still going to be open. So go and do that. And finally, it's back to a little bit of a regular sort of uh, agenda, really, because we're going to be previewing the game on Saturday against Sheffield Wednesday. Right, boys? Let's get into it. It's quite action-packed, really. Let's start about our new centre-back, Michael Morrison, 34 years old. Signed on a one-year contract from Reading. 29 appearances last season. An experienced player, Freddie, to help out at the back there, Danny Cowley said, with Hajim Noga and some of the younger players we've got now in defence. What are your initial reaction to the signing of Morrison? Um, mixed, really. I think it's, on paper, it's, again, it's a low-risk signing. I don't think there's, there's much that's going to go wrong with this one. Obviously, vastly experienced, played over 100 games for Birmingham City and Reading in the Championship, which is, so he's got an excellent CV at that point. Danny Cowley praised his ball playing skills. So he's not, he doesn't seem exactly to be a centre half who's not going to be comfortable when in possession and being pressed and so on. Obviously, the Sean Williams signing last season stung us a bit with uh, older players coming in because we looked at him on paper and thought, oh, that's a reasonable signing. He's got some good passing metrics. And then we watched him play and we thought, wow, he dropped off a fair bit, injuries aside. But yeah, I don't think there's a lot that's going to go wrong. If Hadji's going to stay around the squad for another six months, having Morrison as a, a tutor, I think that's a great thing, even for him, just a one-year deal. Again, yeah, but low risk, doesn't move the needle one way or the other, puts the squad depth better, which I've which I've been saying about for a while. I wanted another right-footed centre-half. And getting, getting an option like that and... He was wanted by other championship clubs as well. So he seemed like he was in demand somewhat. Freddie says other championship clubs, Joff, like he's already assuming we're being promoted. So I don't know if that's a sneak preview there for for later on in the show. (laughs) But what are your feelings on the signing of Morrison? Yeah, I mean, you've heard it here first, right? We're going up. Um, No, I think, yeah, I agree. Fred, really experienced player. You know, he's played a lot of minutes over um, the past seven or eight seasons in the championship you know that's um, he said relatively injury free I think he was out last season for a bit with a knee injury but I think he played every game possible for Reading last season which is you know still good at 34 and yeah as kind of a mentor figure for Minoga and any other kind of young prospects we have coming through it's kind of a perfect signing yeah who's right footed we kind of earmarked that as a need for kind of depth in, our, in the podcast last week but yeah really solid also came out of nowhere I think we had Terrell Thomas on loan not on loan, on trial. Obviously, Cowley didn't fancy him and there was no kind of huge rumours floating around and this kind of came out of nowhere. So, yeah, smart bit of business from us, I think. Yeah, and he's been a captain, isn't he, before? So he got those sort of intangibles and all that stuff you can't quantify. So Freddie's always, you know, using raising his fist in the air because he can't put a number next to it. But sake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ignore everything that doesn't have a number next to it. I don't. You need both. I've always said you need both. I know. I'm just winding you up. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a decent signing. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that in that sense. Um, you know, someone's going to audio grab this later on in the season in January when he's played an absolute shocker. Some Reading fans did say to me that his legs are sort of gone. Whether that means too much at this level in comparison to legs are gone in the championship, I don't know. So we'll have to have a look at that. But again, it just depends how we play. I'm, I don't know if he's going to be great on the right side of a three. I don't know what you think about that, Fred. I'm not so sure right side of a three because 
really on those wide centre-back roles, you've got to be incredibly athletic or you've got to be incredibly positionally sound if you don't have enough pace behind you to cover those spots. There's a, there's, there is some doubt, obviously, at his age. It's very stereotypical to say, but Morrison might have those doubts around him. I think, But I think in a back four, it seems fairly solid. And from the, from the formations we've seen in friendlies and the signings come in, I think a back four is more more of a realistic bet, bet anyway. So, I was thinking about moving on to signings going out, but I'm just going to quickly touch on Minoga quickly because I was listening to the fans forum that's just finished as we're recording. So manage the time that okay. And Danny Cowley was saying that he thinks Hadji needs 30 plus games really to continue his development for what's good for him as well as what's good for us. So I'm sort of leaning the fact that, I don't know what you think, Joff, but that probably means he's probably going to go out on, I'll say probably again, out on loan for this for the season or at least for six months. Yeah, I think that'd be a smart move. Um, now we've got someone else in. Uh, yeah, as many minutes as possible for Minogue, I think, at this stage. He did, yeah, relatively well at his, at his loan at Weymouth last year. And yeah, maybe a step up above above that into League Two for this season. Yeah, as an initial six months and kind of assess, see how it goes, um, would be probably best for him somewhere ideally locally. You know, I think we had the deal with Bromley where he could still play for us in the... Um, in the pizza trophy games. So a similar deal like that would be really good um, to get him kind of, yeah, still get him in with a squad, but also playing, you know, week in, week out for a League Two, for a League Two club, yeah. Do you think then that playing for a League Two team should be the the ambition now for him to be playing in the EFL rather than going down into, into the National League? Or do you think it doesn't really matter and he just needs to get some games now? Uh, I think from a standard point of view, you'd want him to be doing... Yeah, playing in League Two, but you know, again, you want him to be playing minutes. So if it's a kind of club at the top of the national league, then that would be great. But you know, it's a bit of a step up. Um, and I'd, you know, if we can get him out on load to a kind of a pro- promotion or a playoff uh, challenging League Two club, then that would be great for both teams, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, just quickly talking on any other players going out on loan. Do you think the sort of we're quite strong, aren't we, in central midfield? Do you think the likes of Stuart White and, and Alfie Bridgman are still going to be here when the season starts? Uh, on Stuart White, probably not because the amount of depth we got centre mid is quite large. What off the top, off the top of my head? Pack Thompson, Burrell, Tony Cliff, Mingy. That's five. If you if you're doing a a four two three one, you're using two of them or 4-3-3 using three of them. So I think they should look to move Stuart White out on loan. Again, we've mentioned the half-and-half measure on the podcast last week. It might be a case of keeping him around for six months until January and then looking for a loan around then when clubs are getting injuries. There might be a spot open when there wasn't one previously, whenever he's got, in theory, their nice, fit and healthy squads. So that might give Stuart White an opportunity to get some minutes under his belt and also you don't want to I think really for younger players this might be just a personal thing I think playing games at the highest standard you, they can is positive where they're comfortable you don't want to play them too high obviously because they won't learn very much but for example let's say let's say he's let's say he's not comfortable at national league level but let's say he's you know, slightly above that he can play national league level I would rather him play half a season at national league level rather than a full season at National League South or below than that. I think playing at that slightly more difficult level, he would learn a lot more. And well, it works for any it works for any trade in life, don't you? You have to put yourself in difficult situations sometimes. 
Yeah, and let's get him out. Let's get him some minutes and then let's reassess in January. I completely agree with that, if possible. Obviously, you want him to be in the best situation as possible. And sometimes that means that clubs don't want to be able to recall him. So I suppose that's part of the negotiation as well, whether you can recall him or not, probably leans a little bit to where he goes. Um, Talk about players leaving the club now. Alex Bass has joined Sunderland in a bit of a surprise move. Three-year deal. I think it's with an option of in the further year, I believe. Yeah, within the club. I'm not sure. It's at least a three-year deal, so I'll leave that out there. Strange move, really, Joff, isn't it? Did that take you by surprise? People talking about him going to Exeter? Yeah, I thought he'd be joining Exeter. There's a lot of... Well, they announced Jamal Blackman. Was it today or yesterday? Is there is that goalkeeper signing for this season and a lot of people thought it'd be Bass and then it wasn't and then all of a sudden he's off to he's off to Sunderland so no I didn't see that one coming um, yeah I think it's a bit of a shame to let him go you know he's the longest serving player at the club I think um, and for when he's played with us for us um, in League One he's been you know he's been pretty good uh, he had that spell of 15 games or so at the end of well in the middle of the Covid season and then things got football got postponed which is a shame but it started off really well there and then obviously the season kind of got cut short early so he kind of didn't get those minutes that he probably should have done and then was sat on the bench um, for a lot of last se- last season as well um, and then got that loan to Bradford so you know it's a good move for him if he starts I'm not sure he will but you know he might go out on loan but yeah it's a good move for him it's just he's not going to get any minutes here so unfortunately yeah he probably did did have to go and it's freed up some funds for us not one of my favourite teams for him to go to, if I'm honest. Not just, you know, at least he's not playing outfield in that kit. But at, at the same time, I think it's fair to say that Danny wanted someone he feels is better with the, with the ball at his feet. So he can play the sort of the style he wants, been playing out from the back. And although I do think Bassett improved that a little bit when he came in, obviously learned a few tricks off, off Bazunu. It's hard saying his name out loud now. Yeah, so... I, I was going to have his name on personally, but you've jumped in there. <laughs> at me I don't give a shit right but the problem is yeah Gavin's obviously was a big loss but yeah Josh Griffiths has come in anyway so you know interesting to see how he could do highly thought of he's looked decent enough in pre-season it's it's a shame to lose Alex but at the same time we've got some money back for him rather than sending him out on loan you know good luck to him is all I can say really Uh, I still think the Sunderland move is a tiny bit strange immediately when we heard the news that he wanted to move on and have a new challenge, we all thought, oh, he's going to go somewhere for first football. That's the main reason. And that might have been the case anyway, or he might think he's, he might think he's going to push um, Patterson, the first-choice goalkeeper. I think the few bits that I've read from Sutherland Media consider Patterson the number one, but Bash pushing, pushing him. But really, I, I've, I've, mentioned, I've mentioned this on previous pods that I do rate Bass's potential ceiling to a certain extent but he just needs that game time he needs a full season even I think even if you went to drop, drop down to League 2 and had a full season I think he'd be a much better goalkeeper and that might be what Sutherland want to do or they might keeping him as, keeping him as a backup but no I think I think the rumoured fee what was it £200,000 for Bass but that's the number I've heard floating around um, I haven't looked as if that's verified or not but if, if that is the number it's reasonable for a player who wanted to leave anyway and Cowley didn't fully fully trust who would have been behind Griffiths anyway. Um, investing that money would be nice. But I guess the only one thing I'm thinking of, and this might be long-term thinking, I think dropping a goalkeeper that you've put a lot of development in 
for essentially a year of a goalkeeper, you've got no chance of signing long term. That can be a bit, that's a bit of a, yeah, uh, that might just be me overthinking it really. But no, I think I wish Bass the best of luck and I hope that he actually does get the opportunities he needs because that, that's when that's that will make him reach the potential that I think he has anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So just moving on from the money we got in from Bass and... Uh, sorry to bother you, Hugh. Um, Portsmouth Football Club notification. They've told us not to go to bed. So something's probably happening soon. Well, that's they've, a good They've just announced him. Oh, that is there a good segue then. Because I was just about to say, and using that money to invest from the Bass signing, maybe that's <laughs> helped us with the loan fee. And it looks like it has. So stop me if I'm wrong on the actual contractual terms, but I believe... It's Dane Scarlett signed from Tottenham on a year season loan. Um, we'll have a look, lads, have a little look and see if there's any more details on that as we carry on. Uh, I reached out to Lennon Fradigan, who's been on the podcast before he covers Spurs Academy. I just asked him for some sort of highlights and what he thinks of him. Um, his little quick review, which is just a few DMs we exchanged over, over Twitter, he said to me, uh, he's he's a quick centre forward with great movement off the ball. He's got great hold up play. He's a very good finisher inside the box. He had a great 2021 season, but he didn't feature a lot for the academy sides, a lot of last season, because he was with the first team, which shows how much Spurs value him. Obviously, he was involved in the England under-19s. He went on to win the Euros as well. And he's also a prodigy wonder kid on FIFA, which is where some people are picking up on. <laughs> Initial reactions, Freddie Webb, please, on the new signing of a Pompey's new striker. Well, I didn't see it coming. That you heard about, I heard about, the Scarlet News about two hours ago before this show and all of a sudden it's happened. So it's, it might have moved fairly, fairly quickly. I've had a quick look at Scout on his stats. Basically from the collated games, there were 10 appearances, obviously played a bit at England under 19 level. For some reason, Scout only had the qualifying games on that stats list. I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head if he played in that tournament where England won. I think, Joff, do you know that? at all because I, I vaguely remember hearing his name somewhere sorry what was that I was just checking my phone <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all going to be doing that for the next few I'll weeks Tinder so. updates Joff I was just tweeting a, tweeting a photo of Captain Scarlet <laughs> love that <laughs> get the reference did you did you um, with the England under 19 playing in that Euros tournament do you know if Scarlet played in that or if he only played in the qualifiers I, um, I think yeah, he played 113 minutes in the final, so that's most of it, because um, I think that went to extra time. Yeah, it looks like he played most of the group stage games um, coming off after 70 Fair minutes enough. or well, so. Well, Scout is useless and didn't include those, but there we are. I'll, I'll <laughs> use the stats that we have, which, which includes qualifying games at England under-19 level. It also includes a few Papa John's Trophy games and the Europa Conference League. I've basically taken all the competitive games and piled them into one, which comes up to 10 appearances where he started most of them. In those games, again, like I said, not including the um, the actual tournament games, the qualifiers only, he scored 17 goals from an expected goals of 5.69, which I think is fairly decent. He's scoring more than his chances, which is always fairly encouraging and not by a massive rate. He averaged 3.14 dribbles per 90. His success rate of 29.6% success rate, roughly under one in three, which is 
fairly reasonable. One stat I didn't like, his aerial duels, he's not going to win them very much. He averaged 4.66 aerial duels per 90, but only won 17.5% of them. So he seems off of looking at these stats. And I think I've watched him in one um, England under 19 qualifying game before the tournament. He seems like a proper penalty box striker. Averaged 3.49 touches in the penalty area per 90. And I think mixing that with Piggott and Bishop, I think that's fairly good. I think a striker with a bit of a goal threat, hopefully with some pace because we definitely need it. I, th- I think that's a fairly smart buy. He, and he's played a fair number of, I, I would consider these competitive games enough because you know what I'm like. I don't like Many players just playing Premier League 2. I think they need to do a bit more than that, in my opinion, to settle in League 1 quicker. And yeah, it seems fairly positive. We've mentioned that third striker we've all wanted. It would have been nice to get a a younger player on a permanent with that potential that we can invest in, which would be better than a loan off the top of my head. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. I, I'm fairly positive, but like with many loan players, I am fairly reticent unless they unless they have a big track record past them. I think the feeling is with this sort of player is, and I think if you look at when I went through the players we could get from Spurs, and we were talking about this before we started the podcast, he was a player that I didn't necessarily think was an attainable striker just because of how Spurs rated him and the fact they wanted to potentially load him to the championship was what what I was told is where they wanted to see him playing. So I think sometimes, yes, it's better to get someone in on a permanent, but I think you have to sort of infuse those mixtures of loan players where you can add a bit of quality that maybe you couldn't just pick up on a permanent transfer. As long as you don't build your whole attack around those sort of loan signings, and we've done that really, I suppose, by bringing in Bishop. Obviously, Piggott still is on loan as well, but if you can add that little splash of quality and it works out on loan, I think that's really what we wanted to do, wasn't it? When we were talking about how to build this team for the season, you know, we're not anti-loan. We just don't want all our best players to be loans coming in. Yeah, I think as much. Um, one tweet that I've just noticed, which I think is fairly, fairly erudite, it's from Alistair Gold, who is the Spurs correspondent for Football London, Reach website. He said, and I quote, Dane Scarlett heading to Portsmouth on a season-long loan. Really good move for him to kick on his development. Lots of interest in the 18-year-old and League One will be the perfect start for his journey with plenty of regular football, hopefully. He's going to be a star. Wow. (laughs) Okay, well, what do you guys make of that? That's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, I think... For some, if we're going to be playing two up top, you can't be playing the same two 90 minutes uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So having a third option there is perfect. I've seen as well that he can, it's not his favourite position, but he can cover both right midfield and left midfield. So if we're kind of playing a like a 3-4-3 three, three with, say, two wide forwards and a, and a big number nine, then he can slot into one of those positions as well, which is great. But yeah, he should get plenty of minutes in theory, even without Piggott and Bishop being injured, you know, he's going to have to rotate at times Cowley. And yeah, if he's, yeah, if he can live up to the hype, then yeah, we've got a serious player on our hands, even if it's just for a year. Um, but I'm excited to see what, see what he can do. Yeah. I, I think also we we're talking about that sort of lack of pace on the break as well. And I think Danny Cowley was even touching on it today in the, in the fans forum, especially away from home and maybe having that sort of striker who has got some pace. And I did, that was one of the first things I asked Lennon when we were talking and he says, yes, he, he has got some pace to him, mate. So 
having that striker who can break with the ball quickly and is a good finisher, it could be a completely different sort of string to the bow. Is that a phrase? Yeah. Like another, another, yeah. Freddie's nodding. All right. Yeah. In that sense, could be another sort of like, yeah, string to the bow for us away from home, especially when you don't want to just be going sort of up to sort of a more, um, not target man, but you know, that sort of striker who you need to get balls into the box for having that kind of counter-attacking threat is going to be really important for us, isn't it as well? So just moving on to players that we think we need to add. So we just added another striker, Joff, where do you think we need to add in addition to this now, really, to get this team moving towards the goal, which has got to be promotion? Yeah, I think still finding that replacement for Harness. Um, Dane Scarlett's not going to be that. If he is, then great, but he hasn't really played in that number 10 role. And, I mean, fair play if he does step up to the mark and do that. But, yeah, we still need to sign someone else. I don't know if it's going to be permanent or alone. Yeah, someone, again, you know, if we're going to play 4-3-3 or 3-4-3 with kind of wide forwards two players with blistering pace to, you know, really hurt teams on the counter-attack either side of a number nine would be really good. So, yeah, right winger with pace um, and someone who can whip a ball in. Um, yeah, that's that's what I think we need. Yeah, we've got good cover elsewhere, I think. So, yeah, centre midfield were well-stocked and now well-stocked to the centre-back as well, both full-back positions. And, yeah, I guess if anyone leaves, you know, a like-for-like replacement, but that right wing, that right wing position is now top priority, I think. I completely agree with you. Um, Danny Cowley himself mentioned in the news that he wants two wingers and a number nine. That was what he wrote this morning, um, going to Jordan Cross. And he's got his number nine. He's got his third striker. So he's looking at the wing spots now. Personally, I would like a player who can play Cam simply because it gives you more options and gives a relief to Michael Jacobs, who looks like presumably he'll be the main Cam if Kurfitz is on the left. Um, I do think we need options at both sides. Again, like Josh said, someone with blistering pace, someone who can skin a fullback, someone who can dominate one-on-one areas, which is what Cowley said. I think we've mentioned before, we touched on white ring- right-wingers in the transfer special, but not as much due to the fact that we assumed that Marcus Harness would stay. He hasn't. So I think one of the names, Brandon Thomas Asante, I think that's a perfect that's a perfect fill-in. I think someone who's play- someone's played a lot and has all the attributes that I've mentioned. I think if we bring him in, that would be decent. And it might be a case of looking at more wingers who are available, whether on loan and on the permanent. And we have the Bass money. That's positive. If we get another free for Freeman, who looks to be leaving, then that would be a positive as well. Or, or even if we end up loaning him out, we free up his wages, which is another extra. It's getting more and more positive slightly, I think. I, I think Scarlett, like I said, is a good addition and it doesn't break the bank too much. I think it still leaves enough financial flexibility to go after other targets. I know it's not George Hurst, but, you know, it's just how it is. I think it was highly unlikely we were ever going to get him anyway. People got to go over it, haven't they? Uh, it's, it's very unlikely. Um, I really don't want to be reading this. All, all it's through. George Hurst and you, Ben Thompson. Exactly. <laughs> we're going to be reporting on him every fucking transfer window, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I won't be myself, but I know other people will be. Yeah, exactly. I know Andy will be banging on about it the whole time. He's just going to be, you know, he's got his George Hurst shirt that he wears out on first dates. So he's going <laughs> to he's gonna be gutted if he has to get that reprinted, really, isn't he? So he's invested the money in it, 55 quid or whatever it was for a, for a knockoff Sports Direct shirt. So he wants to get his money out of it, really, doesn't he? <laughs> Talking about shirts, Pompey is set to release the third kit. I think it was Friday, they said, on the 
on the fans forum, Danny Cowley wouldn't actually let on anything about it apart from it looks, yeah, kind of smart or something. Like, didn't sound like he liked it at all. So, not that I really care that much, as long as it's not some offensive colour. But I know Freddie's been pining for a yellow shirt. So, fingers crossed that comes out, right? Have I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really that. Like I, like I mentioned last week, I'm not entirely fussed about it. So, I think the only kit thing that I don't like is I don't like red and white stripes, obviously. And I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, those fluorescent neon, like green, yeah. that green colour, yeah, the, the high-vis colour that I don't like. I don't really like that either. But aside from that, that is going, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's or, or looking Or looking as if instead of playing football, you're paving the M25 instead. <laughs> exactly. So if that's all you cared about on the podcast, we've now covered it. Third, third kit, tick, tick. Um, Joff, didn't you say that the third kit was like Marmite? from because you said that you may have seen some bits i yeah i have seen the third kit and i can confirm it's grim Ooh, um, breaking news then for you kit lovers out there yeah i ain't gonna be buying it unless it's unless it's the um away kit that they're on about at the fans forum if it's the away kit then i'll buy it but yeah for what i think the third kit is i ain't a fan what, what name are you getting on the back of the shirt if you buy it um, Eisner one. I'm going for Cullen. Let's get it going, boys. <laughs> we can we can turn up to the pub where and see what abuse we get. Position ten. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen this tweet that a Bompy fan has done just just as the day, uh, before the Dane Scarlet news broke? He's he's done himself in. Uh, sorry, David Kemp at PFC Dave eighteen ninety eight on Twitter. He tweeted before the news, if Dane Scarlett signs for us, I'll get a picture of Eric Eisner's face tattooed on my thigh. <laughs> Solid be, effort. <laughs> is he just going to join the, the list of people where that's never going to happen? Uh, he's he's going to sit next to Jack Smith, I. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that Sean Raggett tattoo, mate? I'm still pining <laughs> for that. That's about as likely to happen as Jake's Sean Raggett tattoo, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I, I, I don't know. He, he, he might small chance that he might uphold to that. I'm not sure. No, I doubt that's going to happen. But all right, let's let's get on to the most important part of the show. And thank you everyone for messaging as always. It massively makes the show. You got to break us up talking at some point, and this is the time it happens. So. We put a question out to you guys and we said the 22-23 season kicks off a Pompey on Saturday at Sheffield Wednesday. And you probably know that if you're listening to this podcast, let's be honest. Where will the Blues finish in League One? We put a poll out there as well. And so far in the hour or so that I put it out there, 368 of you have voted on it so far. There are four categories, automatics for you optimists out there, playoffs, promoted, playoffs, misery, or outside the playoffs. 14% said we're going to get promoted automatically. 41% thinks we're getting promoted throughout the playoffs. So that is a whopping amount of over 50% of people think we're getting promoted. 27% of us think we're going to keep our playoff run going and not win in the playoffs. And only 18% of people think we are going to finish outside of the playoffs. This poll was done before the latest signing news so the majority of them were voted then what are your feelings first Freddie before we get into that are you surprised by the amount of people who are optimistic going into the season to a certain extent I think from 
from reading around with um, the football league analysts making their predictions, I think all of them have said it's going to be a very competitive league this season. And I think all of them have said, for example, Gabe Sutton, friend of the show, not top 20, friends of the show, and D3D4, friends of the show, they've all said it's going to be a competitive division. And even though they put teams further down, they think most teams in like the top 11, 12 of their lists all have a good shot of getting into the playoffs. Automatic promotion, different matter. But again, it's going to be highly competitive at least. So I don't, I think the recent transfer news has made things a bit more positive. Um, so I guess that's why a lot of probably fans think promotion is on the cards, which I think is reasonable. But personally, I still think I need a tiny bit more out of this squad. I think a few more transfers need to be done. And we've mentioned the wing spots. And if that's done, then it solves the depth issue. And it solves looking at the starting 11, who's going to play where as well. So I think at the moment, we're just outside the playoffs. Uh, but it could get even better. If you, if you had to make me do a prediction now, which I will, um, I'll say ninth place. Joff, how are you feeling on Freddie's prediction? Did he just take the words out of your mouth or are you feeling differently? I'm feeling slightly differently. I uh, exercised my right to vote in the poll and I voted for playoffs misery I think we'll make it and then it'll be a classic us and but I think I think we'll sneak it um, yeah a lot of other clubs kind of in that top 11 12 that's been kind of touted to finish anywhere in that top half really um, yeah haven't done um, all their business just like us yet I think that's kind of key to remember this now the Premier League clubs have returned from their kind of respective tours around the world to make all that shirt sales money, though that loan market's starting to open up. We've seen it now with Scarlett, and hopefully we can get a couple more players in and yeah, make some smart signings. But no, I think optimistically, I think we'll finish in yeah, in the playoffs. Hopefully get hopefully get automatic. But I don't I think with the amount other clubs are spending, I don't think that's realistic. But yeah, I think I think this could be the season where we well, finish in the playoffs again and then see what happens. You're going to put a number to it, to it, Joff, position? I'm going to say sixth because one, that's my favourite number, and two, uh, six is, well, defensive midfield is my favourite position. So there you go. I like that. That's the science and the sort of thought we put into Real, the- real true reasoning there, yeah. People think you're all about stats, Joff, but actually you've just shown that, you know, really when it comes down to it, you're going on what numbers you're luckiest. Exactly, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Solid methodology, I like it. And and I'm also going for sixth place. I, I, I also voted playoffs and misery as well. There's a lot of good teams in and around us. Uh, uh, you know, as they said on another podcast, and we'll touch on that in a bit, it's really tight, isn't it? So I, I thought about being different and just being controversial and saying fifth, but you know, Andy went optimistic last season and then we just took the piss out of him for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be held accountable to this, but you know, you are completely right that not everyone's business is done. Hopefully ours isn't as well as you've already said, but I think with the squad we're building at the moment, add a couple of wingers and I think, you know, this could be a playoff team. It will depend on, how other people recruit. But at the same time, you know, Danny's managed to clear out the dead weight in the squad he doesn't want and is sort of building his team around it now. We said this has got to be a massive summer and so far pretty impressed with the recruitment and the players we've brought in. 
it does look like a team with a bit of identity coming together. Yes, there are still some holes that we need to fill. You know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but at the same time, I think we'll make the playoffs and miss out. Um, all right, let's get let's find out what everyone else says now because we've opened it up with me saying, let's hear what you say, and we've just talked for another 10 minutes. So Chris Robinson messages in and he says, I think I'll be outside the playoffs, but not because we're necessarily being bad, but more that we're getting outspent. And there's a lot of big names at the top of League One. So it'll be a tough season. Yeah, there are a lot of teams out there. But then again, Blackpool got promoted, then it's been a lot of money. But we spent a bit of money. It's not always about how you spend it. Obviously, Ipswich fans, and if they're listening to this now, probably going to get the torches out for saying it, but spent quite a lot of money last season, had a lot of squad turnover, and it didn't, didn't quite work out as they wanted it to. I'm, I'm quite happy with the project we're building here. And if we can turn some of those away, you know, points dropped into wins, I think we'll be in a good place to, to get into the playoffs. Freddie, do you feel there's been a lot of teams that are outspending us? Is that the reason why you've put us in eighth position? And the reason why I put us in ninth is I think a lot of squads are stronger. Some of that is down to wages, obviously. I think you mentioned Ipswich last season for them was a complete basket case, but I think this time we've seen, seen with them at the back end of last season, they've got a squad that's actually quite enviable and they're playing a style a brand of football that fits them as well. And they're not afraid to throw some money around. Um, other teams that are throwing money around, Derby County, Sheffield Wednesday, who we're going to go on to in a minute, they're the biggest one for me. I think I read somewhere in The Athletic that in total they are £91 million in debt, according to Matt Slater and Phil Buckingham, I think was the other journalist on there. Um, £51 million of that is owned is owed to the owner, so he could write that off and do whatever he wants. And a lot of that is down to like selling selling Hillsborough to him. So that's the caveat there. But some of the players they brought in, they brought, they brought in Michael Ihekwe and Michael Smith, who I rate incredibly highly. And they're paying them more money than Rotherham were and Rotherham in the Championship. Derby County is spending a lot of money on Conor Hurahan. Ipswich's squad, I still very like. And then there are some other teams that are, I think, one season ahead of Pompey in terms of embedding a philosophy and they still have good players. I think MP Dons is that sort of team, which a lot of people have predicted highly. Um, I like a lot. I like the transfers that Plymouth have done. Um, Morgan Whitaker was a big one, which you mentioned on the transfer pod and some other players they've brought in. I think there are just a fair few teams that are ahead of Pompey at the moment and that have got better depth Currently, as we're chatting now, that might change in a few weeks. Because if we, it all depends on the prediction. Do you, do you predict what you have right in front of you, or do you assume that um, more positive news will happen? That ninth position is me basing it off what we currently have now. If the transfer window shut tomorrow, we don't sign anybody else. So I, I could be wrong, and I want to be wrong. I don't want Pompey to finish ninth this season. So we'll see how we do. Yeah, I stand corrected. I said eighth there. I tried to optimist you up by one pos- one position, didn't I, Freddie? Um, I promise I do actually listen when you're talking. It's not just when I'm when I'm. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Some of the listeners might not. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, no. Everyone's listening, Fred. Graham messages in and he says, "I can't wait to Saturday morning when I listen to the podcast." Thanks, Graham. I can't wait till three p.m. when. When I will, I follow the game for my first game at Fratton Park will be Bristol Rovers as I'm in France from Tuesday. Wednesday nil, Pompey one. 
My first game I'll remember of Fratton is 1970, which was a 1-0 win too from Plymouth Graham. Yeah, so uh, up the Devon Blues, Graham, spoke before about stuff. Um, yeah, no, look, if we get a win away at Wednesday, I think we can actually say that's you know, a really good start. And we'll come on to that a little bit later on in the podcast. I don't want to dwell on that too much. But obviously, we had quite a weak start to the season in the teams we faced. And that sort of gave us a little bit of hope, only to be brought crashing back down to earth. And we played stronger teams. So, yeah, no, appreciate it, Graham. Rob meshes in and he says, I think with the current squad as it is, we're on the borderline of the bottom of the playoffs. Get a couple of wingers in who've got pace, and I'm sure we'll end up in the playoff positions. I don't want to predict anything more than that, as we always lose. Well, there you go, Freddie. Someone to add a bit of ray of sunshine. <laughs> Bumping news now, Rob. Um, look, borderline at the bottom of the playoffs, it's, it's a little bit like we we're saying, isn't it? And what people have been predicting on the various podcasts, it is very tight. This league is sort of a bit like last season. It's a league of two leagues, isn't it, really? You know, you've got the top teams and you've got everyone else underneath it and it is going to be incredibly tight. So... We'll have to we'll have to see where we, where we land on that one. Jack Chapman misses in and he says the season is the no excuses season. If we're not in the playoffs or nearby Christmas, I can see the Pompey fans getting on Danny and Nicky's back. Joff, do you feel that the fans are going to get on the the management's back if we're not around the the playoffs by Christmas? Yeah, I can see that happening. Um, yeah, I mean, last year the points total needed to reach the playoffs is ridiculous and even if you know we're going at a rate which usually would hit us in the playoffs we not might not necessarily be there even if even if we're playing good football but you know um, at the end of the day you know winning this league getting out of this league is our ultimate goal and I think um, you know by by Christmas you kind of like find out where where other teams are at and where you're at and we should be in around there so yeah, and as well, you know, with the firepower we've now got a front and, you know, with two more wingers hopefully coming in, then, you know, our squad is good enough to be there. So there's no reason why it shouldn't, you know, the only thing I can see hindering us is um, Joe Morrell going off to the World Cup and then all our centre mids getting injured, which would be textbook Pompey. Yeah, hopefully we'll be properly within the hunt around Christmas. I think we've all mentioned before that this is... Danny Cowley's third transfer window. And I think a lot of people have like bigged that up to be, okay, this is where it has to be results-based rather than looking on the pitch and maybe if the results don't go that well, then we'll forgive it a bit. Yeah, I, I, I think probably need to be in and around the playoff conversation by Christmas, otherwise people will turn a little bit, which is fair to a certain extent, but it would, it would depend on where we are. We could not be there not through performances on the pitch. It might be another horrible injury playing season, which will just be sod's law, or it might be down to other reasons. It might just be other teams just playing out of their skin. You don't know. You don't know, do you? That's what misses in. And he says, playoffs minimum requirement for this season. Whether we actually get promoted though, through the playoffs really depends on the rest of the transfer window. Need pace in the side, but quality pace. Don't want a cheater with a touch of donkey. <laughs> very true we have had a few players like that haven't we down the line Joff yeah I think the transfers are vital um, but I said it in the in the last question as well that what the other teams around us are doing is pretty key you know if Sheffield Wednesday Ipswich uh, you know Peterborough winning essentially every game home and away um, and the other teams around 
around the conversation of doing well as well. You know, we might not be there even if we are doing, you know, as well as you would need to in previous years. So it's more than just the signings. It's how well, how well the other teams are doing. But yeah, hopefully we can get some proper quality. And, you know, Cowley's got an eye, eye for quality. You know, even with the signings last season that didn't quite um, live up to the expectation, you know, there's no, there's no reason why players like Tyler Walker uh, shouldn't have worked last year. He had a good record in League One and his works with Cowley before, but... Yeah, hopefully the signings he makes will won't be as donkey, I guess. <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. Well, Tim Footmesh is in and says, it's great to have football back at last. Being enjoying the summer pods, but discussing actual games is always better. It is. It gives me more structure as well, Tim. It makes life a lot easier for us as well as being good. <laughs> the transfer business so far has been pretty high quality. With a couple of additions to an already improved squad, I think will go up via the playoffs. Yes, yes, Tim. Just trying to harness that positivity. We've all, we've signed a player today. Everyone's feeling the vibes. <laughs> you know that sort of that negative cloud disperses, doesn't it, across Pompey Twitter as soon as we get a new player in. And but then again, Tim's actually one of the more positive listeners. To be fair to Tim, yeah, yeah, it's great to be back, and I can't be, wait to be down the brewery uh, meeting up with uh, all of you lot, having some beers first, um, and cracking on with the game. Ollie Woods messaged in and says it all depends on the rest of the window. Desperate for pace in the four departments. And if we recruit right, there's no reason why playoffs are an unachievable target. I have full faith in the Cowleys, who have stated on numerous, numerous times the type of players that are needed. We all know what's needed, don't we? We all know it's needed. We've covered it so far. So I'm not gonna not gonna go. And Cowley, and Cowley has said as much in the media every single week, hasn't he? <laughs> I'm always seeing an article saying, This is what Danny Cowley wants this week, and it's roughly the sort of signings that are coming in. So that, that that's an extra bit of positivity. It's actually quite nice though, isn't it, for a manager to be saying, this is what I want, this is what we need, you know, because at least you know that he's got his, his finger on the pulse or whatever and, and all the fans know it, the manager knows it and it's now just out for the front office to go out there and make what we all need to happen, really make it a reality as well, rather than just us talking about this is what we need um, and they're not not materialising. So let's hope this is the season where we go forward and we're all happy at the start, at least, of the season with the squad we're going into. Phil Heyman messes in and says, people think we're actually going to get promoted by the playoffs. We have never won the playoffs ever. Look, Phil, it's the first time for everything, all right? This is just how it goes. I've got a stat to back that up. Go on, Joff. This is the first time in the last four years where a player has got player of the season and not left the club. So therefore we'll get promoted via the playoffs. Heard it here first. Oh, canal. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. Let's write it in, boys. Get your money. Four to one. Let's go. <laughs> Bradley High messes in and says, I'd be happy with the playoffs. We need to sell Freeman and loan out Stewart. Minoga, Vincent, Stuart White, Bridgman and Gifford. We need a right winger, a striker, a cam for depth. I'm worried if Robertson gets injured, we'll miss Ogilvy at left back. I would like a left centre-back. Two players per position. Well, I think there's quite a lot there, isn't there? I don't think we're going to get all those positions in. Personally, I think we're going to have to try and prioritise maybe some some wide players yeah. and a backup. I, th- I, th- I think at the full-back, I understand where he's coming from. With um, If Robertson gets injured, you're obviously bringing Ogilvy into left-sided centre-half. If you're playing a back four, then you're playing Hume at full-back. And we've seen him play at fullback. I think personally, he's just got the skill set for a left wing back rather than a traditional fullback. It takes the defensive responsibility away from him. And that is a doubt. 
I will say, in terms of depth-wise. But I don't think Pompey will cover all of those spots. I think they've got to prioritise. I think they're just going to prioritise in the attacking areas instead. Joff, how do you feel about Rico filling in at Cam as a sort of backup, if Jacob's there or not? Um, I mean, yeah, he's done it before. I'd rather, um, depending on the opposition, play with this kind of three-man midfield, say Pack, Morel, Thompson, and play with um, Curtis and Rico out wide with only one striker or get push maybe Tunnicliffe up into that role. Yeah, he did really well going forward right at the start of this season. I know he was in a kind of a two uh, with with Sean Williams, but yeah, I'd, I'd rather he stick out wide where he can kind of either cut in if he's playing on the right or uh, take a defender on if he's playing on the left and whip a ball in. You know, he's done the job before, but he's definitely suited to kind of being more out wide, I think. Yeah, agreed. John English messaged in and says, it's difficult to say at this stage. I do feel we've got a better team now than last year. Agreed. If we do get a pacey winger in, in brackets that can cross a ball, we might have a chance to go up. What do you guys feel is missing and who or whom should fill the gap? These wingers do need to be able to cross a ball, don't they? Not just have pace, but be able to put a ball in the box. I think when you've got Bishop and <clears throat> and Piggott up front as well, who, who do need a bit of service in the middle, that is the probably, would you say, the most concerning things, Lance, that we haven't maybe added to this squad so far? I think for the wide areas, absolutely. Um, and also consider the fact that we still don't know what's going to happen with Ronan Curtis. There's still transfer speculation that he might leave. So that that position isn't completely filled in. And behind the left wing spot, you've got Hackett, presumably. That's assuming if you're playing Jacobs at Cam, which I think most people will do if they if you're playing a one up front system anyway. And Curtis is more of an inside forward rather than a winger. So if you're playing Bishop and Pickett up front, for example, I think I'd much rather have a traditional winger out there. Uh, just in terms of a little bit of um, scheme fit, so yeah, that, that, there are gaps. There are gaps. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure what you guys think if um, if Curtis gets sold. I'm not sure how long he's got left in his contract. I'll have to look that up actually. But what are your opinions on Curtis leaving or not leaving? I think ideally we'd have cashed in on him a couple of summers ago when he was at the kind of peak of his value. We could have got some, yeah, could have got some decent money out of that for kind of what's been reported. I remember Leeds were after him. My dad's a Leeds fan. And he was like, oh, yeah, apparently we're after your lad, Ronan Curtis. I was like, cool, take the money. Yeah, I don't know I don't know how long he's got left on his contract, you know, if it's a year left from... Just double-checked it. According to transfer, Mark, it is one year left. So, yeah, his value's going to be um, diminished. So, again, it might be worth getting him out now, which would be, a, you know, a shame. He's served the club really, really well. But... If he does go, we need to get some replacements quickly. Um, I think we can, you know, maximise the loan market there. You know, kind of younger players can tend to be kind of a bit more raw, a bit more explosive, have that pace. Um, sometimes not the finished products, but with a year under Danny Cowley, you know, you can see what he's done with players like Smithrow where they can really develop. So hopefully, you know, if Kurtz goes, we can get some real value there. But um, yeah, someone who can play someone who's primarily a winger but can play across that front three if we choose to switch up and do like a 3-4-1-2 with a 10 someone who can slot in there if Jacobs is injured or any of that front three positions would be ideal really I think Freddie utilising the loan market you look like someone shat on you at that moment your face was a picture <laughs> I, I, I don't mind the loan market I just don't want Pompey to overuse it like last season because it, it leaves you in a pinch long term if you miss and also 
I, think, I just think why, why would you develop other pl- other clubs' players rather than develop your own? I think if you are going to sell Curtis, you could reinvest it into another winger who's a bit younger, who's got potential ahead of him, who you can, if Pompey miss, you can sell him or do other things like a Thomas Asante, like some other player, even if you go a bit mental and try and get Anthony Scully from Lincoln City or, or, or something along those lines. Um, I just think building a squad I've always preferred this might just just be me anyway. Building a squad, you just look at opponent players, and you only go for the loan market if you are financially strapped for a, for a few key areas. Like I think with the third striker, I think I don't mind going for the loan market in that instance. If Cowley's looking around and doesn't see a young striker with ceiling, who is better? So it it, it swings and roundabouts. So I, don't, I just don't. I think sometimes Pompey can fall into the gap of prioritising that too much. Yeah, I think I think you're right in the sense that we shouldn't rely on it too much. Um, and as well, if, you know, if, if Curtis does go, then he needs to be replaced permanently with a permanent. Well, it needs to be replaced with a permanent signing. But as things stand, I think a loan player would complement it. And I don't know how much money we've got um, in the bank from letting wage, big wages go and the sale of Bass and potentially Freeman as well. But there is scope to kind of get another well, find that harness replacement and then get that loan player in that can kind of, you know, bring that extra quality, if you will. Yeah, and if you want to find out about any more players that we suggested for that position, go back if you haven't already listened to the Strikers and Midfielders podcast with Gabe Sutton we did because we did a load on that. So we won't go into too many more options because we've already done it. But Josh Lish messaged in and he says, currently outside the playoffs, need to ask this question on September the 2nd could do it again i suppose like how we've recruited in the main round pegs in round holes but there are obvious weaknesses to fill aspiration be a genuine contender for the playoffs i think we need to be at least a contender like a tight contender you know you say we need to be getting in the playoffs maybe to make the season a success would you think the season would be a success if we get into the playoffs i mean obviously you want to get promoted but i don't think anyone's going to be you know kicking and screaming if we come sixth are they or fifth I think that's acceptable if you get in the playoffs. Um, we know the playoffs is a lottery. And historically, even though it doesn't play into what, what may or may, ha- may happen in the future, there is that instance of, oh God, Pompey in the playoffs again. So that means that automatically it's all going to go wrong, obviously. But no, getting in the actual playoffs will prove that the squad is competitive enough long-term, which would be nice. If we miss the playoffs, it depends, I think, how we miss if we're like last, if we're like last season, we're off the pace by a fair bit, and there's a month left, and we're nowhere near it. That's frustrating because we haven't really gone anywhere. Even if the league's a bit more competitive, so no, I think uh, there, there will be a fine margin this season from what is successful or not, which is harsh but fair in my opinion. Glenn messages in and says, "Question for the podcast: Does anyone know if we did offer Harness a new deal to try and keep him longer?" Absolutely no idea. No idea either. Did, did ask Eric Eisner in that interview we had at Fratton Park whether he was going to let him go for free or not re-sign him, and he said absolutely not. Well, technically he didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. Exactly, exactly. That was the one concern we had to make sure we didn't lose the asset for nothing, which is which is what we didn't do. So that's fine. But absolutely no idea. And I don't think that information is probably going to come public for a while, to be honest, if it does at all. Div three eternal. 
see where he's coming from here. So I've seen this before, finishing ninth. Well, Freddie, there's a man there from your heart. Div three eternal. I was more positive with the ninth finish than he was. <laughs> <laughs> I put some I put some caveats in at least. Well, no, I think that's no. I think you're on the you're on the same page there, mate. But uh there you go. Div three eternal. You've got Freddie Webb there. Two peas in a pod. Pombi X and O's messaged in and says, number one, I believe the EFL have confirmed that clubs are permitted to make five subs over three opportunities in league games. With the transfer window still open and a lot of already mentioned about loan moves for experience for a number of young prospects, which of Pompey's young talent may benefit from getting into the matchday squad rather than taking a loan move? Who might Cowley use or need to use through the Saturday-Tuesday League One routine? It's a good point, actually, isn't it? Do you think we're going to keep a lot more players around because of the introduction for five substitutes now in the EFL? Yeah, potentially, I think. Especially when the World Cup's on and Joe Morrell's potentially away, I think keeping Jay Mingy around is kind of a priority. I think I said last week that the sensible thing to do would be keep him around this half of the season and then potentially send him out on loan um, if he's not going to get the minutes, uh, depending on if everyone's fit and stuff. But that's where, as you know, that five subs thing is where we can, you know, if we two know what we can bring on a couple more defensive-minded players, really see a game out rather than uh, rather than let a game slip. But yeah, Jamie is the one uh, who I think, yeah, would do would benefit from that really. And secondly, he says, where do you see Tony Cliff at January and or the end of the season? I'm guessing he means is he going to be around or are we going to sell him? He's going to be around surely because he's a solid squad player. I think he, well, he's behind Morel and Pack, in my opinion, but I think he's alongside Louis Thompson for minutes. Last season was pretty solid. Obviously, he went on a tear a bit to start with in terms of attacking output, then dropped off a bit because of the injury. But I always thought he's a, he's a solid league one midfielder. Uh, there's, I don't think it probably would get very much for trying to resell him anyway. So I think it's just a sort of player that you just keep for the contract term. If you want to re-sign him, fine. If not, you rotate and find somebody else. I think there are some players, when you're looking at building a squad, you can sort of think, okay, you can let them go for nothing. I think we said, me and Josh said that about Pack last week, where we said, you keep Pack for the two seasons, there's a two-year window. Yeah, next season, you don't sell him because there's no real need, because what's the resale value there? It's it's a different matter for, let's say, a Marcus Harness or a Renan Curtis with, with one year left, who are obviously going to get a lot of attention from elsewhere. And finally, Matt messaged in and he says, winning the playoffs, mate, the PO forecast going on a mad one in Wembley. Come May, mate, I'm telling you. <clears throat> there you go. You heard it from Matt. We're winning the playoffs. Backing up Joff's earlier assessment of the fact that the play of the season has not gone. There you go. Thank you for everyone who messaged in. We really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun with that one. All right, let's move on. Shepherd Wednesday. Freddie, I asked you to prep for this. I didn't write any notes down apart from the usual, but you're a northerner, so you know every team up north. So lead us away with Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, in a nutshell, a team of high-quality players which can just win a game by themselves. Um, Barry Bannon, we've seen last season, completely mental player, can control a game from the entire midfield, can score spectacular goals. Up front, they've boosted with Michael Smith up front, but then the rest of the Options they have, Michael. if they're playing two up front, Michael Smith and Lee Gregory for in League One, that's ridiculous. Josh Windows, solid player off the bench. Other people in midfield, I do like George Byers. He's improved a lot since he was at Pompey. Uh, Dennis Adurn and 
Adeniran, excuse me, solid centre defensive midfielder as well. I do like him. And then at centre-back, they're fairly incredibly solid. Liam Palmer's still got a lot in this league. Dominic, Dominic Iorfa is both sound defensively and going forward. Akin Vermeiwo, who we mentioned on transfer specials before, they brought him in, so that's a very solid centre-half again. They're going to be up there, in my opinion. I think, And Darren Moore doesn't put too much um, tactical instruction on them from what I can gather from just watching Sheffield Wednesday a fair few times. That's a blessing and a curse for me. Um, it lets the creative players do whatever they like, which is brilliant. But it also means that with the right coaching, you might be able to outmaneuver Sheffield Wednesday. I think that's what happened in the playoffs where they lost to Sunderland personally. I think Alex Neal prepped for them, stifled the midfield and exploited the wide areas as well and made sure their strikers didn't get as much service as they hoped. So that's what Pompey needs to look out for. But it's going to be very difficult to get a result at Hillsborough. Very, very, very difficult if they get a point up. If Pompey get a point, I'll be ecstatic because to start with. Geoff, how do you think we're going to line up against Wednesday? Um, there's what I think and then what I want. <laughs> I'd, hear, I'd hear written down that you, they've been in preseason, I think they've been playing a 3 4 1 2 with autocorrect to spell it as banana, but Bannon as the link player. Um, so, with that in mind, I, I'd go for a 4 3 3. And excuse the pun, I'd pack the midfield with Pack Thompson and um, I guess any other of Tunnicliffe, Mingi. I don't think Morel's going to be fit for this game. Maybe a to- and that looks like, I think that could be a Thompson game. I yeah. think you, you could let Thompson or Pack um, sit on Barry Bannon or yeah. try to. Yeah, bulk it out with um, Tunnicliffe and Thompson or even Mingi if you want a bit more creativity there. Yeah, I think I think that would be the way to go. I'm not sure what Danny Cowley would do. Um, yeah, I think I think it'll be a 4-3-3 with that in mind. Maybe Curtis on the right, Jacobs on the left and someone um, either Pig or Bishop up top through the middle. Um, yeah, I think yeah, we'll do very well to, to get a point there. Rafty yeah. right back, do you think? Who's a bit more solid? And then yeah, I think. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that experience. I think for a you know season open away at Hillsborough, you've got got to go with the experience. Hopefully, Raggett's back as well. I think he's been. I don't yeah, Cowley Cal- mentioned that he hasn't been playing that much preseason, but if the season was to start tomorrow, he'd play him. So he's just resting him for like a nick back essentially. Good. Yeah, I know that he got a few minutes against Barnett in the in the Pompey eleven. So that's yeah, that's good to see. And then Ogilvy and Robertson. Um, filling out the rest of the team so yeah I think yeah we'd do well to get a point um, we played well against them at Fratton Park in the 0-0 in the Sky televised game um, and then last day of the season we got smashed 4-1 after that George Hurst opener um, but I've optimistically said a really really boring 0-0 to really please the travelling fans who've got to get round train strikes on the opening day of the season but that's, I think, will stifle them out into Don't a nil-nil. Me, that's the only reason why I'm not going. <laughs> All right, lads, we've got a minute left, so then I've got to fuck off. So let's let's go for this. Score prediction times. Freddie Webb, what is your score prediction for the game? Uh, Two-all draw. Uh, Michael Smith to score a brace for Sheffield Wednesday, but scoring for Pompey, I'm going to go with Marlon Pack and Colby Bishop. 
And I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw to round off the drawing results <laughs> you can go out there for. Take note, people. And I'm going to go with a goal from Colby Bishop and a goal of Wednesday. Who's going to score? Smith. It has to be, doesn't it? Why not? Just to, just to rub it in with the Pompey curse. All right, lads. Thank you for today. It's been awesome. Joff, thanks for coming to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me. Pleasure to be back. No, nice one. Uh, Freddie, thanks for the podcast. No worries at all, mate. I'm enjoying this still and can't wait for the season to start. Yeah, massively, mate. And Andy, we wish you well because you busted his foot in the jungles of Australia. He was chasing those poisonous frogs, wasn't he? Apparently he was scared by a frog and tripped over and he's busted (laughs) his foot. It's it's swollen up massively. Um, So we do wish you well, mate. I mean, quite funny because I was like... He's bragging about being in Australia, enjoying the sunshine and all that malarkey. And then he's just, you know, got scared by a frog and fallen over. So calm as a bitch. But until next time, play out Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast at Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.